Clients on Demand teaches coaches, consultants, thought leaders, and professional service providers how to attract the right clients at the right price anytime they want. This podcast is about answering one question. How can you build a sustainable seven or eight figure business that changes the world and gets results for your clients without sacrificing your freedom? If you want to know the answer, you're in the right place. All of this information is 100% free, so please subscribe to and review our podcast. What's up, superstars? This is Russ Rafino from Clients On Demand. Welcome to our channel. Uh, it's great to see you guys here today. And today I'm joined by the brilliant, the off the charts genius, Mr. Brooke Bishop, who is our director of revenue here at Clients On Demand. So he is the guy responsible for making it rain. Brooke, what's going on, man? Hey, I'm stoked to be here, man. This is gonna be a fun, fun show for today. Yeah, this will be a good one. So guys, as I said before, today we're gonna be talking about how to handle it when a prospect tells you, I'll think about it. So this covers any kind of sort of play for time. It could be, I, I need to think about this a little more. It could be, I need to talk to my wife. I need to talk to my husband. It could be, sure, sure, send me a proposal and uh, I'll get back to you, which you should never, ever, ever do, by the way. So real quick, who the hell are we and why are we qualified to talk about this? Well, if you're new to our YouTube channel, uh, we are, I'm, I'm the founder of a company called Clients on Demand. We work with coaches, experts, and thought leaders, and we show them how to enroll new clients into their coaching business at $5,000, $8,000, $10,000 prices and how to do that consistently. And using the very strategies we're about to share with you today, we've done over $65 million in high ticket coaching sales ourselves. And our clients have collectively done well, well into the billions and high ticket coaching sales themselves. Now here's what you need to know. All of these sales that we're talking about are happening at a high ticket price. So we don't do anything for like $100, $50, anything like that. All of our clients and us, we're all selling our, our programs for $5,000, $8,000, $10,000 and all of those enrollments are happening with one conversation. Let me say that again. They're all happening with one conversation. So that means that the skill set that we're gonna be talking about today is a skill set that's so powerful that people can be having their very first conversation with you. And that conversation will be so powerful that you'll be enrolling them into your coaching programs at a 5,000, 8,000, 10,000, even $15,000 price point. So that's our bread and butter. That's what we do all day long. So I think that makes us pretty qualified to talk about how to handle these kinds of objections because they do come up because we're making this high ticket sale on the very first call, right? Objections are going to be one of the biggest fears that people are going to be facing, especially when you're doing a one call close and even more over with the high ticket. So, yeah, of course. So you so so what you need is you need to be be able to handle these sorts of objections as they as they come up. So so what is this objection? Right. Someone tells you all think about it. What does that really mean? Does it mean that they're really going to go think about it? Well, not really. Most of the time, guys, this objection, like pretty much any objection, what what it is and what it represents is fundamentally a lack of certainty, a lack of certainty. So for whatever reason, this person is not yet fully convinced of the value of what you've got. And so when they're telling you, I'll go think about it, the last thing that you want to do, and we're going to talk about how to deal with this objection. The last thing you want to do is to say, oh, okay, great. Go think about it. What you want to be able to do is to be able to give them and provide them with that certainty right then and there on the call. Cause that's really all that it is. If they had total certainty into, into you and the value that you deliver and the fact that they need your program more than they need air, more than they need water, if they, if they really had that level of certainty, then they wouldn't really need to think about it anymore, would they? So that's really what this is. It is it's, a, it's a lack of certainty, but you know what? 
it's also a huge opportunity. So most of the people that we work with are coaches, are experts, consultants, thought leaders, and people are coming to you. They're paying you for your expertise. They're paying you for your coaching. They're paying you to help them get a result. And so what this really is, is a massive, massive opportunity for you to begin that coaching relationship right here, right now. When they're asking for certainty, guess what? That's your job as a coach is to provide certainty. It doesn't matter whether you're talking to someone for the first time or whether they've been your client for 20 years. What matters is they're coming to you seeking certainty. And this is your very first chance to really provide that certainty is when you get that objection. So try to stop thinking about it as like, a bad thing because this is an opportunity for you to demonstrate that this is what you do and that this is how good you are at what you're doing. Yeah. And I, I think there's an important piece to that, Russ, because what most people do when a customer, when a prospect shows up with uncertainty, a lot of times if somebody who's not skilled in selling or if they're not skilled with objection handling, they'll follow them into their uncertainty, right? And so they'll go into that space of fear or they'll take it personally and they'll contract, right? And so instead of stepping into that space going, heck yeah, like let's go, this is now, you know, this objection has has jumped into our space, most people freak out and they walk away in fear. And that's why they'll usually let people off the hook because their desire to be liked will usually trump their desire to actually help this person get to their, their outcome, to their destination. That's absolutely huge what you said, Brooke. And I really want to take a second on that. Let's spend, let's spend a second there because at the root of this is something that we call the frame clash. So what's the frame clash, right? Your frame is all of the beliefs that you are bringing into a situation, beliefs about how good you are as a coach, beliefs about how much they need your program, beliefs about the value of your program, beliefs about money, beliefs about all of these things. All of those beliefs sort of packed together it makes up what we call your frame. And that frame is those unspoken beliefs and assumptions that you're bringing into the conversation. So you have your set of beliefs that make up your frame. Now, at the same time, the person that you're talking to has their set of beliefs that make up their frame. They have beliefs about whether or not they need your program, whether or not they like you, whether or not they're prepared to invest money, whether or not they have to talk to their wife or talk to their husband or their partner first, whatever it is. So they have, they have one set of beliefs. You have one set of beliefs. And those, that's, that's what you call the frame. Now, here's what's interesting. In the course of a conversation, those two frames are going to collide. This happens in every conversation, unless it's a conversation where both people are in complete agreement from moment one about everything, which almost never happens in life. You've got two people, each have their own frames and those two frames are competing. Now here's the interesting thing. When two frames clash, the stronger frame absorbs the weaker frame. So when two frames clash, the stronger frame absorbs the weaker frame. Now, what do I mean by that? Well, what I mean by that is that if your beliefs about your program are weak, or like Brooke just said, you really need people to like you and you need them to like you so bad that you're afraid to ruffle anybody's feathers, that means you're going into this conversation with a very, very weak frame. And if the person that you're speaking to is a little bit more headstrong, they're gonna knock you right out of the box as soon as you have that frame clash because your beliefs are weak and their beliefs are strong. So your frame is going to collapse and you're gonna to totally lose control of that call and lose control of that situation. And you're gonna end up hearing, oh, well, I have to think about it. And then you're just gonna fold and you're gonna say, okay, great, go think about it. And then you're not gonna make the enrollment. 
So what's really important for you guys to understand is this dynamic and how it plays out. Because at the end of the day, like I said, if you are a coach or an expert, a consultant or a thought leader, people are coming to you for certainty. And that means that your frame must always, always, always be rock solid. You have to have absolute certainty in yourself and in your coaching and in the value of what you do. Because if people are coming to you to buy certainty, you can't give them what you don't have, right? People are coming to you for expertise and reassurance. They're coming to you for solutions. If you don't have certainty, you can't give certainty. So it's so important, number one, that your frame is rock solid going into these calls. And that's why we have to do so much work with our clients on their mindset and on their belief systems and on, and on how much they believe in themselves and believe in the power of what they do. All of that is a crucial part of this because you've got to bring that certainty into the call or you're going to go in with a weak frame and, and your frame is going to get absorbed. Now, the second thing is, is what your priority is. If your priority in that conversation is to make this person like you, like Brooke said, you're automatically coming to that call in a submissive position. Please like me, please like me, please like me. And because of that, you're not going to be able to tell the truth. Because part of the reason people come to coaches, in addition to certainty, is they want to hear the truth. They want to discover the truth about what's really going on. And we're going to talk about what this looks like on a sales call in just a minute. But, but, but part of what needs to happen in that conversation is that you've got to get clear on the truth. And getting to the truth has to be your top priority. If you need people to like you more than you want to get to the truth, you're never going to get to the truth because you're never going to ask the tough questions that uncover what's really going on. Does that make sense? You're going to be meek and passive in that conversation. And so you're not going to be able to provide any real insight or any real value. You're not going to be able to, to help your client have any kind of a real discovery. So what you need to do is you need to make your number one priority in the call not to be liked, not to even make the sale. Your number one priority in the call has to be to get to the truth. So Brick, why don't you talk about what that looks like a little bit? What does it mean to get to the truth in these sales calls? Yeah, so I think it helps too just to understand the framing of how people's brains work before they even get to the truth, right? So one of the, the biggest um, struggles that we as humans, we run up against, right, is just like what Russ was just saying, right? Our, our need to be liked. But the deeper piece of that is a fear of being judged. And so the other part of what happens with your clients, they're afraid of being judged as well. So that whole clashing of beliefs, right? It's like you're going to have an ugly baby or you're going to have a pretty baby when those, those beliefs collide. And so being prepared for that clash is mission critical, but also understanding your customer sitting there and they're afraid of being judged. Like they really, truly are. And so when that fear creeps in, it usually shows up in the form of, I need to think about it. And when you're unraveling that fear and you start to go into that dialogue, you really want to take a moment to, to step back and go, okay, am I going to get triggered? Which is what most people do when the objection, you know, rears its ugly head. They, they usually step back and then they usually slingshot back at the customer and they come back over the top. And there's a lot of different sales trainers and different people out there. I won't name names, but they usually encourage people to take a superior posture in that moment. Um, I highly encourage you to actually do something a little different. I encourage you to go neutral. If you can stay neutral when those things come up, your customer is not going to feel judged and you can be in a stronger position to truly understand their world and dig to the next level. So I'm going to hit pause on that for a moment because this is really a critical piece to this puzzle. 
when they go into their objection, stay neutral. Okay, get more curious. Don't get critical. Don't take it personal. Don't go into your own internal story. Stay in the framework of I am here to serve them and get them to their destination, to get to them to their outcome, to get them out of pain. Right? Then you can be more strong in the way that you coach people through that fear. So I think it's it's just really, again, it's really critical to know it's not just you that's sitting there that's afraid of being judged or that you might lose this person's likability towards you. But it's also them on the other side of that that table that is genuinely wanting to not be judged or have you take away the love and likeness towards them. That's right. That's right. But and and the, and the greatest gift, guys, that you can give to people on these sales calls is to give them clarity about what's really going on in their situation. So the way that people work psycho psychologically is that when we have a terrible problem we build rationalizations around it. So let's just say, for example, that I weigh 600 pounds or something like that, right? Now that's obviously, that's a major, major problem from a medical standpoint, I gotta do something about that. But what we do in order to get through the day is we build little rationalizations around it. Things aren't that bad. I'm in, I'm in you know, I'll get in shape next year. I'll fix this at some point or, you know, hey, um, uh, you know, I, I'm making good progress or, or whatever, right? And you build these rationalizations so that you can get through the day. And the problem is, is that those rationalizations are like a nice little warm cocoon of BS that keeps you from having to deal with the reality of your situation. And the reality of that situation is that I got to do something about this or it's going to shave, what, 10, 20, 30 years off my life. That's just the reality. So I can either stay warm and comfortable in those rationalizations or I can have a real conversation with a coach who cares about me enough to get me to see through those rationalizations and get to the truth of what's really going on. Most people, guys, when they are confronted with the reality of their situation, like when they, when they really realize that they have a problem and they need to fix it, most of the time people will do something, choose to do something about it. And so part of what we have to do, the first thing we have to do on your sales calls or on your enrollment calls is to get absolute clarity, get in sync with the client about what is really going on. And that's what Brooke is talking about when he says, uncover the problem. That's the first part of this is that, you know, you, you get on the phone with someone, you create a little connection, you create some rapport, but right away you go into, Hey, what's not working. You go into, you know, what do we have to fix here? And you continue to ask questions and ask questions and ask questions until you are crystal clear on what's going on with the client and what their problem is that needs to be fixed, but more importantly, until the client is crystal clear on what's going on. And that is the greatest gift you can give them. But if you really need to be liked, you're, you're gonna be so afraid to ask those tough questions that you're not gonna be able to give the client the gift of getting them to the truth. So this is a kind of conversation that like no one else in their life probably is willing to have with them. You know, everybody, their wife, their husband, their business partners, their kids, nobody really, really, really wants to just deal with these things head on. They want to tiptoe around this big problem that everybody knows they have. It's the elephant in the room. Nobody wants to address it because nobody wants to piss that person off. Nobody wants to take the chance that that person's not going to like them. Well, as coaches and consultants, we don't have that luxury, right? Our job is to get people results. It's not to be liked. It's not to be their best friend. It's to get people results. And the, the first step to getting somebody results, even before they become your client, is to get them clear on what is not working, to get them clear on what is that problem that needs to be solved. And in order to do that, you need the kind of frame that we've been talking about.
where you understand that that is your role. That is the reason that they're on the phone with you. And so this is where this whole thing began. So um, let's talk about this, this objection of, I need to think about it. Let's talk about what can you do before that objection comes up to make sure that it doesn't come up and what can you do after it's come up so that you can deal with it successfully. So let's talk about what you do before. So like I said, most of the time when when people are crystal clear on the problem that they're facing, they will choose to do something about it. Once you can kind of peel away that onion of those excuses and rationalizations and get them to the truth of what's really going on, most people will decide to do something about it. And that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And that's the greatest gift that you can give them. So a big part of the reason why I will think about it, I want to think about it, comes up toward the end of the call after you make your pitch. It's because you didn't do a good job of getting them to the truth in the first place. So part of why that objection is going to come up is that they don't see the value in what you have. And the reason they don't see the value in what you have is that you have not uncovered that need to the point where you're crystal clear on what the problem is and they're crystal clear. Does that make sense, guys? Hey, Russ, just one piece of that. It, it, there, I want to just add to it because you're, you're absolutely hitting spot on on this thing. So it's that they have clarity in what the problem is, that you have clarity in what the problem is, but you both have to agree that the same problem is the problem. Because that's yes. why I see a lot of people make mistakes. It's the customer thinks it's this one problem. You as the coach think it's this other problem. And you never have that moment of like, oh, we both are seeing the problem through the same lens, right? Because mm -hmm. when you get into that objection handling, if there's a disconnect on that, it's gonna go sideways. Right, so you don't move forward into the next piece of the call, the next phase of the call, until you guys are in sync about what this problem is, about what it's costing them not to fix it, and you have gotten the client to the point where they need to solve the problem. This point, they haven't really made the decision to join your program or not join your program, but you're getting them to the point where they've made the decision to solve the problem. And that is the part where most conversations never even get to that point. The client doesn't know what their problem is. The client certainly hasn't made a decision to do anything about it. And so when you offer them your program, which is their chance to do something about it, they don't even care. And so they just, you get blown off with like, I'll think about it because they don't even understand that there's a real problem. Does that make sense, guys? So that's why it's so dangerous and so poisonous to your sales to really have this need to be liked because it just, it's gonna kill things because you just, you're not gonna be able to hang in there and ask those like difficult probing questions that that you really need, that someone really needs to ask, you know? And, and, and this is true for me, this is true for everybody. It's not like, it's not like I have all the answers. You know, there's stuff in my life that I need to work on and the, the best coaches I've ever worked with have been the ones that have, that, that have said, hey, Russ, you know, what about this? What about this? What about this? Where they're not telling me that I have a problem, but they're asking really great questions so that I am beginning to see for myself that there's a problem. And I'm beginning to see for myself that I need to do something about it. This is the most critical piece of a sales conversation. And, and, and I, I hesitate to even call it a sales conversation because really what it is, guys, is coaching. Now, this is coaching. This is coaching applied to sales. This is how do we get people results from that very first conversation. It's about having that real talk in the very beginning and asking those great questions so that you and the client are totally in sync about what needs to change. And if you're not there, you shouldn't move forward with the rest of the call. Yeah, hey Russ, I wanna add, I'm gonna give a golden nugget question for when people are doing their enrollment calls, right? So at some point in time in your questioning, you absolutely, for everybody, if you don't have your pen and paper, go grab it, write this one down. This is gonna be a mission critical piece. But you wanna ask the question, how long have you been comfortable in the pain that you're in? 
Okay. This is the reason this is so potent. If you can ask that question earlier on in your sales process, when the objection comes up later in the dialogue, and we know that the objections, it's going to come up. We know it's going to happen. It's a guarantee. Not maybe not on every call and hopefully not as, as frequently once, once you get these things dialed in. But when that objection comes up later, you can say, Hey, remember how long you said you've been comfortable sitting in this pain by any chance you wanting to go think about it. Is that part of your process to sit in that discomfort where you're comfortable? And the other thing you need to figure out in that in that beginning where you're uncovering what's really going on is not just what is this problem, what's it costing you not to have it fixed, but you also need to find out if there's some sort of timetable. Like how long are you prepared to keep dealing with this? Or what's going to happen in a year if this isn't fixed? What's going to happen in five years if this isn't fixed? Many times we have people who reach out who want to you know talk to us about growing their coaching business and we find out that they've been living on credit cards or something like that and, and they've really got like a three-month runway before they have to go back and um, you know go get a day job or maybe their coaching business isn't quite working out they're not really making enough to make ends meet and you know it's like cool how much how much time do we have to turn this around you know and it turns out that in four months five months six months it's game over if they can't find a way to get the right clients into their business that's it so at that point if I know that going in then there is no time for I'll think about it because the clock is ticking so the other thing you want to look at is like, is there a time limit to, to when they need to fix this problem? So to give an example, if you're a marriage coach or something and you want to enroll people into your program and, and, and their marriage isn't working out and that's the problem that you solve, it's like, how much time do you think we have before this is before it's game over? How much time do you think it, it's going to go by before your husband files for divorce, or your wife files for divorce? You know, there's an urgency to fixing this problem. And, and that's another thing that you want to tap into because that creates its own reason to take action right now. So... That's the main reason why, guys, that this I'll think about it objection comes up. It's because for whatever reason, in whatever way, you either haven't gotten them clear on the problem, you're not in sync on what the problem is, they're not connected to what it's going to cost them not to fix this problem, they're not connected to why they need to fix it right now. So the whole first phase of the call is just about getting clarity on those things and getting you guys in sync on those things. So now, once we're in sync on that, we're both clear. Hey, we know what the problem is. We know why why it's so why it's so bad. We know what, what you know our deadline for when we have to fix it. Like if we're in sync on all of that, the rest of the call should be a breeze. And if you've done that properly, that I'll think about an objection should never really even come up. Or if it does come up, it'll come up for like a second and then it'll 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 just it'll just evaporate. So let's talk about then. You've what do you do when it does come up? What is what do you do? What do you say? when that objection does sort of rear its ugly head. Yeah, so just to add to that, there's, because what you gave Russ is you gave two different sides of the, what I'll call the chasm, right? On one side, you have somebody who says, I'll think about it. On the other side, you have what we really all know is that they just don't have certainty. The bridge though, is there has to be a coaching conversation that takes place. So to get from one side to the other, um, there's something, and Russ, I know we've spoken about it a few times before, right? Which, which is BANT, right? So there's this acronym, so it's B-A-N-T. And so it stands for budget, authority, need, and timing. So as soon as they say, I'll think about it, that's the surface level statement that like we as a society have said, you know, like, oh, this is a comfortable thing I can say when I don't feel like I want to move forward or I'm, I'm going to buy myself time or I feel uncomfortable, right? I'm going to throw out this trite statement. I'll think about it. Well, once you, what I would recommend you do is first question it. What is it specifically you need to think about? They're going to then give you the bridge, right? That's, that's, the, that's what's going to close the gap of that chasm. 
And it's either going to come up in one of these four. It's either going to be, oh, I got to figure out the money. That's the budget. I either need to talk to my spouse or I got to talk to my business partners. I got to talk to my priest. I need to fast on it, whatever it might be, right? In so, other words, they don't have the authority to make a decision. That's why we call that authority. Yep. They say they, they need somebody else who can make the decision for them, which hopefully you've, if you've structured things properly and if, if you follow Russ's system, that should never even be an issue. Um, but then the other one is need, right? Oh, I don't know if I need it right now. Or maybe perhaps, you know, you said X, Y, and Z is what's going to get me. Eh, I don't know if that, it's not that bad yet. And then the last one is timing. Oh, I'm waiting on a check to happen. I'm waiting for Mercury to come out of retrograde. I'm waiting for whatever, right? The timing. So they'll give some other excuse of whatever is sitting there. So again, I'm going to repeat those just because I think they're really critical. Budget, authority, need, and timing. That's going to be the bridge of where you're going to have to now coach them through their limiting beliefs around whatever the heck they give you. And then ultimately, it's going to lead to the land of, oh, so you need more certainty, right? So I just want to make sure, Russ, I just want to make sure we give them the framework of, okay, here's what they're telling you. Here's, we have to get to that dialogue around, okay, you just need more certainty, but there's these four pieces potentially that are in the middle so that we can cross the bridge. So yeah, so once you get that objection of, I'll think about it. The other thing too is you don't want to contract. Like Brooke was talking about before, you can allow that person's uncertainty to now make you uncertain. So in my opinion, guys, the enrollment call really starts when you get that first objection, right? Like that's when, okay, now we're now we're having a conversation here. And when that objection happens, you need to expand into that. You need to see it as this is your chance. This is a huge opportunity for you to really help move this person into a state of certainty. So when you get that objection, there should be no contraction on your part because I go in there expecting that there's gonna be some questions or some objections. Now, sometimes there's not, most of the time there isn't. But I accept the fact that there is. I accept the fact that there might be, and I and, and I don't I don't judge the other person for it. It's a it's a it's a big decision. It's a big decision to take a step forward to change your life. And so what you want to do is you want to look at this as a coaching opportunity, not as like oh man there was an objection oh, and then you let you you know you let the wind right out of your sails and you and you and you contract. So you want to expand into it. And like Brooke said, what you want to do from that point is you want to begin to explore this band. Band acronym is it budget, authority, need, or timing? Now, like I said before, if you have done the first part of the call right, that should take care of the need issue, right? They should know that this is a problem and they should know that they need it. And that's why it's so critical to establish that upfront at the beginning of the call. It should also, to a large degree, take care of timing if you've gotten clear on what the urgency is. That, that is making it so necessary for them, not just to do something about this problem someday, but to do something about this problem like now. That should take care of the need and the timing. So what do we do, Brooke, to once we get that objection now, to begin to isolate which of those four variables is, is really in play here? Yeah, so a big part of it is, is question, right? So you, as you mentioned before, the quality of the questions, digging deep. If you've done that properly on the front, it's not going to feel weird if you start to ask and dig deeper questions when that first objection comes up. So You've been asking questions for the whole call. So the, the, the process of asking questions is just going to continue. And by the way, Brooke, before we move forward to the next thing, that's a really critical distinction, guys. So many people, when as soon as you get certainty on what the problem is, you tell the client what the problem is. Oh man, you gotta lose weight. Oh man, you gotta fix your marriage. Oh man, your guys' communication sucks. Oh man, you don't have a marketing strategy in your business. That is probably the worst way to communicate. 
What you want to do instead is to ask really, really great questions so that the client begins to realize those things for himself. You don't tell them, you don't give them the answer, but you ask great questions to guide the conversation to facilitate the client having this moment of revelation, of awareness, of going like, oh God, I better do something about this. So like Brooke said, you've been asking questions this entire conversation. So when you get this, I'll think about it, we just keep doing what we've been doing and continue to ask those questions. So it shouldn't be weird for you to be asking questions at this point because you've been doing it for the whole call. Go ahead, Brooke. Yeah, so I was just gonna say, get curious, right? So the moment they go, oh, you know, I need to think about this. Don't go in your head like we said before. Don't freak out. Don't contract. But what I would recommend you do is immediately just fire back. What specifically do you need to think about? Like, do you need to sit down and analyze it? Do you need to toil over it? Do you need to fast on it? Like, what does that mean? And then I'm a firm believer that God gave us two ears and one mouth. So to Russ's point, right? Sit back. If you have to hit the mute button, let them talk themselves into the BS story that they've created in their head that's keeping them stuck where they're at because they're just about to give it to you. Okay. So when you say, what specifically do you need to think about? Hit the mute button or just sit back and let them tell you. They're going to they're gonna tell you what their limiting beliefs are and what their true core is, which is going to ultimately lead us down the road to certainty, right? So it's going to either be, oh, I don't, you know, I got to figure out the money. Okay. So you really need to figure out the money. Is money the problem or is lack of money the problem? Let's have a conversation about it. And again, if you can stay curious with them, they're going to feel like you're on their team instead of feeling like you're against them. And that's where most people, when they have these dialogues, they come at them and they make them feel like they're less than because oh, they just I just told you I don't have the money. And now you're gonna make them feel like they're worthless because they don't have the money. No, hey, let's get on the same side. Let's, let's get creative together. If it's authority, okay, is that really true? Do you really have to talk to somebody else and allow them to make decisions that have a massive impact on your life? If your neck was bleeding, to Russ's, right, his metaphor, if you had a bleeding neck, do you have to go talk to somebody about solving that challenge or can you make a decision on your own, right? So there's definitely that piece of you've got to really, again, you got to have a good amount of rapport. You got to have good quality questions because when those objections come up, if you now start asking those really good questions, it's going to feel really weird and awkward. And so this is where you get to put to Russ's point, you get to now step into coach mode. And this is the real first part of like, let's have an honest, truthful conversation. And that's really critical, guys, because I want you to understand there's so much sales training out there that is designed to limit the other person's freedom. It's designed to box people in and they teach you these like really horrible like conversation trees where like you ask them a, you know, a yes or no question. If they say yes, then you say this and trap them this way. And if they say no, then you trap them that way where the whole thing is really designed to just completely box the other person in and limit their freedom. Well, first of all, people don't work that way. And second of all, that's just an awful way to set up a coaching relationship because it makes people feel like all they are to you is a pulse and a credit card. And that's what it is. That's all you care about. If you really care about the person you're talking to, then that spirit of honesty and compassion and love and genuine concern is going to be a part of your sales process from moment one. So you have to understand, guys, that what we're teaching you it, in some places, you know, you might say, oh, well, I heard this before, I heard that before, you know, some other guy says something similar, some other person says something similar. But what really makes this work is that we are coaching from moment one. And we are setting up that coaching relationship from moment one, even before the person is a client. And we're doing that with like rapport. We're doing that with listening. We're doing that with, with, with really showing up to the call with love and compassion 
for this person and not judging them and not making them wrong and not trying to just box them in. And the moral responsibility that goes along with this, guys, is that if you're talking to someone and you feel like you cannot help them, you absolutely do not take their money. Let me say that again. If you're talking to someone and you feel like you cannot help them, you absolutely do not take their money. And this is this can be a very hard thing to do, guys. You know, it can be hard to, if, if you haven't worked with Clients on Demand and you don't have a pipeline of people reaching out to talk to you about working together every single day, like our clients do. And maybe you get one person a week who, who finds you or one person a month who finds you. And you're having a conversation with that person. And you're like, damn, you know, if I don't enroll this person into my program, I don't get to eat this month. But deep down in the middle of that conversation, you're getting that feeling. You get that feeling in the back of your neck that's like, oh, you know what? I don't think I can help this guy. Or, oh, I don't really want to work with this guy. Or, oh, I don't know. But you enroll that person anyway. That is absolutely the wrong thing to do. And that is not what we want for you. So that's why it's so important for you guys to have a pipeline like we help our clients build that is sending you a constant flow of people reaching out to work with you. Because when you're on the phone with someone, if you feel that they're not a good fit, you can just turn them down and move on to the next person. And guys, this isn't just something that we talk about. There's a lot of people out there that is, as part of their sales training, they'll say, well, you know, hey, it's not, this isn't for everybody, but they don't really mean it. <laughs> you know, like I said, if you have a pulse and a credit card, they're going to take your money. When we say it's not for everybody, we really mean it. And you can see that in our stats. You can see that in our numbers where we don't even make an offer to about 20% of the people that we speak to. So if I talk to a hundred clients or a hundred prospects, rather, I probably won't even make an offer to like 20 of them because they're just not ready or they're not someone that I can help or whatever. That is the moral responsibility. Now, a lot of times those people are ready to sign up. They've got their credit card in their hand. They're ready to go. But it's my job not to enroll someone unless I'm 100% certain I can help them. And so in those cases, we would turn those people down. Does that make sense, guys? So you have to understand that there's this isn't about sales tactics. This isn't about having some magical you know, zinger of a response to every single thing that the prospect can, could, could possibly say. People don't work that way. We're not robots. We are real human beings. And you must relate to the person you're talking to on the level of being a real human being. And the way that this, that this sales conversation is set up is it's designed to deliver maximum value whether or not the person becomes a client or not. They should have incredible amounts of clarity on their situation that they didn't have before. They should know what their next steps are going to be, even if they didn't know that before. And even if they don't sign up with you, they should still say, thank you, thank you, thank you for doing this call with me. So it's really important, guys, that, that everything we're talking about, you have to understand, it's designed to set up the coaching relationship. And it's not built on this foundation of just get their money at any cost. It's built on this foundation of love and service. And the more you focus on that, the more money you're going to make and the better, better results your clients are going to get. But the more you focus on, you know, hey, let me just enroll this person at any cost. Let me box them in. Let me just get that credit card. Let me hardcore close them or whatever. The, the less money you're going to make and the poorer results your clients are going to get, period. Yeah, and Russ, it's one thing I honestly, when, from the first moment I met you and the first time I, I got to see your whole process and how you bring clients in, what Russ is talking about is running an integritous business. And so that doesn't start once you start a coaching relationship. No, that starts all the way in the very beginning when you're doing your marketing, your ads. That starts with your like to the point of the COD model, right? When somebody comes in and they see the, your webinar on the front end, telling them the truth, but also not BSing about what you can do, but maintaining that thread of integrity all the way through. Your sales and enrollment process is no different. There shouldn't you shouldn't have to alter who you are. You shouldn't have to go against the grain of your your deeper knowing. 
Like you shouldn't have to do something that's out of integrity to get somebody to give you a credit card. Like, no, if you can genuinely help them and they genuinely have a problem, you should be able to work through those things with them and move them through. And that's one of the things I love the most about what it is that we, we offer here at COD and the system that you've built, Russ. No one has to compromise their values to help people. Yeah, that's absolutely right, guys. So look, what we're talking about again, like I said at the beginning of the show, is that we're talking about how to have one conversation that results in a client getting massive value in you getting crystal clarity on whether you want to work with this person or not. And that conversation ends with that person pulling out their credit card giving you $5,000, $8,000, or $10,000 to work with you. If you can do that in your business and you have that skill, you can write your own ticket, especially if you've got a really powerful process like the kind we teach that's bringing you those people every single day. Then you just have to get on the phone with them and enroll them. This is how we're able to get our clients to $50,000 a month and then $100,000 a month and then $500,000 a month so rapidly. It's because we're giving our clients this skill. So if you want us to show you how to do that, then I want to invite you to get on the phone with someone from our team and we can walk you through what that looks like. So here's how that works. I want you to go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk. That's going to take you to our calendar page. Now on that page, you'll see all the available appointment times for the next few days. Pick whichever appointment time works for you and someone from our team will call you at the time that you chose and we can get into all this stuff. You can talk about, hey, Russ, I want to get my business to 60000 a month. I want to get my business to 100000 a month. Even if those seem like crazy numbers to you right now, tell us where you want to go. Tell us who you want to work with. Who are those dream clients that you've been, you've been really just chomping at the bit to work with? And let us help you get clarity on who those people are on the best way to reach them. Let us help you get clarity on the price you should be charging. You're probably really undercharging right now. This is all stuff we're gonna get into on that call. So that's gonna give you massive, massive value. And book that call, just go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk. Again, the call is absolutely free. And then of course, the reason we do these calls is we know that once we put our heads together and help you come up with a great game plan, you might want our help to help you execute that game plan like we've done for so many other people. And if that's what you want, great. If that's not what you want, that's cool too. Either way, like I've been saying, our goal is to give you incredible value in that conversation. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk and let us show you how we do this. Guys, look, there are people out there right now that need your help. They don't need some other coach, they don't need some other consultant, they need you. But if your marketing isn't dialed in, they're never gonna be able to find you. If your sales are not dialed in, you're gonna get on the phone with those people and they're not gonna enroll and you're gonna hear stuff like, I'll think about it. You're gonna hear stuff like, I gotta talk to my wife or my husband. It doesn't have to be that way. You can have this skill set where again, people are getting on the phone with you and in one conversation, they're enrolling with you at an $8,000, $10,000, $12,000, $15,000 price point, and you can do that as often as you want. It takes work, there's a whole skill set that you need to learn, but the best time to start is right now. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk. Brooke, any parting shots for us? Yeah, no, last thing I would say is if that voice in your own head is going, oh, you know, I'll think about it, I'll take that time, I'm gonna come back later, if, if you're getting in that own story, Check yourself, check your own limiting beliefs, see if what's holding you back in this moment. And at the same time, be open to have that tough conversation so that you can break through in your own program. Catapult this sucker up. Our people are beyond highly skilled, beyond highly trained, and Russ's system, hands down, it works, just plain and simple. So now I just echo the sentiments, click on that thing, get it booked, let us help you. Awesome, man. So go to clientsondemand.com forward slash talk. We will catch you guys on the next show. 
Bye-bye. Thanks for tuning in to today's show. A brand new episode will be released every Wednesday, so be sure to click subscribe. If you like what you heard and you're interested in seeing if you're fit to work with Clients On Demand, here's what I want you to do next. Head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. That's clientsondemand.com forward slash C-A-L-L and book an appointment to speak with our team. We'll get on the phone with you for about 45 minutes and we'll get you crystal clear on three things. Number one, the exact price you should be charging, whether that's $5,000, $10,000, $15,000 or more. Number two, the exact target audience you should be going after. And number three, the exact strategy that you should be using to reach them. Remember, building an incredible coaching business or professional services company does not happen by itself. You need expert guidance to make it happen. And we've helped clients from all over the world scale their businesses to six or seven figures while enjoying life and making the world a better place along the way. So to see if we can help you do the same, head over to clientsondemand.com forward slash call. I'm Russ Ruffino, and let's talk soon.